This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Hey, welcome to this month's podcast. I want to talk to you and kind of amplify what we talked about last month about the coming move of the Spirit of God that is coming upon the earth. But today I want to talk to you about actually having your heart prepared, because that's more important than almost anything, because God uses people. In fact, the title of this would be called Evicting Idols, Evicting Idols. Now, this is a message that I I found online, and I'll give you the context here in a moment, by Michael Todd, who pastors uh, a great church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, But let me give you the background. While we were on our vacation, which was one month, just prior to going on a two-month following sabbatical, so three months set apart, and it was heaven. I talked about it last month. Well, while we were about the third weekend of our vacation, uh, we were in Destin, Florida. I was walking on the beach, which right now it's uh, the end of October and raining and cold. It makes me miss Destin, Florida. But I'm walking on the beach, and my phone rings, and it's a dear friend's uh, wife, uh, uh, Brooke Butcher. Pat Butcher and I have been best friends for, gosh, I guess going on three decades. And he and Brooke are just as close as friends to us as you could hope to have. And Brooke uh, is calling me, and which isn't typical. And she said, John, I've been praying for you, and I feel like God has something for me to say to you. Um, but what I'm going to tell you, it's kind of difficult to tell somebody. And, you know, I kind of, she kind of is kind of hesitant. And I said, Brooke, look, uh, you're like family to us. And, and even if it was something I didn't necessarily understand or agree with, I still would appreciate the fact that you cared enough about me to even call. And so, you see, because I had been, Pat and Brooke had been praying with Michelle and I over areas that, that really mattered to us and things that had really burdened my heart personally, over a period of time, in fact. And that burden, I didn't realize the, the impact it was having uh, at the depths that it was having and really what had occurred. And so, anyway, they had been praying with us about it, and we've been trusting God over um, this issue that, that mattered a great deal to Michelle and I. So Brooke says to me, she's, well, I said, Brooke, please tell me. She said, well, John, um, I feel like in prayer the Lord really put it on my heart to tell you that you need to repent from the sin of idolatry. And I was kind of speechless. I said, okay. I said, I'm fine with that, but can you help me understand wh- what you mean by that? Well, she said, you know, the thing we've been praying about uh, uh, that is uh, the Holy Spirit showed me that it's replaced God as number one in your heart, that it dominates every part of your life. Uh, Even when you pray, it comes up as the very first thing you always pray about. The book of Hebrews tells us that we should lay aside the sins and the weights that so easily beset us. I love that it tells us this easily happens. But here's the reality. It wasn't a gross sin. It was a weight to me. And there's a difference between a weight and a sin. In fact, I didn't really realize that this had even happened for me. So I said, Brooke, I, I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm going I, I, to study God's Word, and, and I'll deal with this. So I went back to where we were staying and just went online and found, went to YouTube and just put in sermons and then the word idols. And by the mercy and grace of God, up pops Michael Todd's message, Evicting Idols. And I listened to it, and it was so powerful. And I'm going to kind of walk you through that today, because really what today's about is you being prepared to yield to God in this 
coming move of the Spirit of God. At the time of this, this taping, it's just prior to the presidential election. And as I had shared last month, I really believe God had showed me, and I mean clearly, and something that I've never said this in almost 40 years of ministry, that the nation, this was way back early in the beginning of the year, uh, actually back in uh, May or so, that he had begun to deal with me that this, the nation would be on fire. Uh, and I didn't know if that was figurative or literally, and it's obviously both. But that alongside of that great upheaval in our nation in the fall, that there would be a move of God's Spirit that would move alongside it. And I talked about that in last month's podcast. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. But today's about preparing your heart. So I listened to the message, and I'm going to go over that message with you. And I, again, want to give credit to Michael Todd. I don't know Michael, but uh, just God used this so, so amazingly to help me. You see, I had placed that burden on the throne of my heart. Unknowingly, it became an idol. And it really was interrupting every part of my life. Um, if I would pray, that would come up first. If I were not busy, it would be on my mind. And so here's, here's the thing I want, to, I want to help you to grasp. After I listen to the message, I'm going to give you in a moment. Here's what I simply did. It wasn't a huge spiritual force of power and praying and shouting. I simply recognized it's exactly what had happened. So with deep sincerity, I just said, Father, please forgive me. I repent for the sin of idolatry, and I take this off the throne of my heart. And I ask you to help me by your grace to never let anything, anything, anyone, any situation ever again replace you upon the throne of my heart. The fact of it is we live lives that are very complex. And that's why Hebrews tells us that lay aside the sin and the weight that so easily besets you, and then run with race the patience set before you, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And so this had, I didn't realize it, but it's easily done, the Bible said. But here's what happened. After I prayed that prayer, something that I didn't expect to happen happened. It felt like, I'm not saying this actually was a physical thing, but this is what it felt like. It felt like a claw came out of the back of my head. I mean, literally, something left, like a claw leaving me. I don't know how to, it's not a perfect ex uh, explanation, but it's the best I can give. The moment that happened, a peace came upon me that had escaped me that I didn't even know was gone to that level. And here I find myself with this gone. Now, those of you who know scripture, you would understand that that probably had some type of demonic influence surrounding it. And, and, and yet I didn't pray about it. I didn't cast anything away or pray away anything. I simply repented of the sin of idolatry. And every day since I've gotten up every day, and I've simply said this, Lord, help me by your grace today to keep you singularly first on the throne of my heart. Because there's so many things that are trying to find a residence there in the world we live. In fact, that's why Proverbs says, protect your heart above all else in Proverbs 4.23, for it determines the course of your life. See, idolatry occurs when anything, or anyone for that matter, but God is sitting on the throne of my heart. Because whatever and whomever is sitting on the throne of my heart ultimately will be the governance of my life. So here's a question I want you to answer for yourself, that God by his mercy intervened and helped me. 
is this simple question. Who or what is sitting on the throne of your heart that is first before God? You see, idolatry occurs when my ways and my purposes are imposed above his in my heart, even legitimate things. Look, the sins that we should lay aside are obvious. I don't think anybody with any uh, any kind of spiritual maturity tries to hold on to sin intentionally, but waits, oh my, so, so easy they can, they can grab a hold of us. And idolatry occurs when my kingdom priorities replace his kingdom priorities on the throne of my heart. And my kingdom, that doesn't necessarily mean be something negative. In fact, you could have lost a loved one and be grieving so deeply over so long of a time that grief actually is sitting first on the throne of your heart. Well, that would make perfect sense. It isn't a right or wrong. It's a priority. It's refusing to let anything for any reason, no matter how deeply I've been impacted or you're impacted, not giving it that priority in my heart. So Michael Todd took us in that message through four negative outcomes of having an idol on the throne of your heart. And I want to lay that out for you very quickly today, because my hope is that what God did for me, he will do for you. Maybe you weren't in the position I was in. Maybe you aren't. But I didn't know that that was going on in me. I knew that my heart was excessively burdened, but I had no idea the level of of influence it was having in that when I turned from it, something left me. And Michelle will tell you from that day, and that was now, my goodness, going on three months, two and a half, three months ago, I have been different from that day to this immediately. So much so that I was actually concerned. I said, Michelle, this seemed too easy. This this thing just seemed to, and, and it's never come back. But I realized every day God has helped me then to keep the throne of my heart singularly for him. And Todd gave four basic things that have a negative outcome when this occurs in our lives for any reason, whether they be sins or weights. And the first one he referred to was what he called spiritual deception. Ezekiel 14.3, God spoke actually to leaders, and he said, Son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. And I want you to notice, in their hearts. They have embraced things in their hearts that will make them fall into sin, or we could add, we could add having weights. You see, it's what ends up in my heart that God says becomes an idol. And when I embrace that first, it literally will drive me into the behaviors I don't want. It will cause me even either to, to be bound to sin or be trapped in the weights of life. Because embracing idols impact your ability to see, and it will actually drive you into the darkness. Because again and again in Scripture, we're told that God wants us to walk in the light as he is in the light. Paul prayed for the churches and said that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So the absence of light is driving you into darkness. And then Todd did something. This is worth watching, and I, we're going to put the link on this uh, available for you and some note available for you on this podcast so you can watch it on YouTube. He puts on these oversized sunglasses, and they're really odd-looking, and he begins to walk around with them. And they're like this blue color. They're huge, big glasses. And, and he began to talk about how putting these glasses on, how odd it, it made him look but how everything else was now tainted or tinted by the color of those lenses. 
And he said, when we justify our idols, we end up living in that tent. And before long, the tent or the blue tent over the crowd looked normal because he had worn the glasses throughout the sermon. In fact, when I came back from my sabbatical, I did this message, and I did it with all of the illustrations that Todd did. And so we justify our idols. We do it all the time. Now, sin is a whole lot easier, or harder, I should say, to justify, but it's easy to justify worry, sorrow, and grief, uh, financial things, uh, uh, financial distress. In the world we're living in right now, and this is post-election when you're hearing this, politics, the anger that so many Christians have found themselves trapped in. Uh, One of the biggest questions I get asked by Christians are are about masks. And uh, not that, you know, those, uh, that's not worthy of a discussion, but they really, really don't belong on the throne of my heart. So Jesus said in Matthew 6, 22 and 23, the first part of verse 23, he said, the eye is the light of the body. So if your eye is unclouded, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil or darkened, your whole body will be full of darkness. In other words, the shading of the tint, it literally colors everything you see your thoughts. It will cover and taint your feelings, your emotions, and even your character, and it will begin to feel and look normal. But when, we, when God is center and first on the throne of our heart, that veil is removed, and the eyes of our understanding do become more, more enlightened, and we live more in the light than we do in the dark. And secondly, he referred to what he called spiritual adultery. In Ezekiel 14, he said this to them in verse 5. He said, that I may seize the house of Israel by their hearts because they are all estranged from me by their idols. Sin makes it clear that we're estranged from God and that we're, we're, we're actually doing something that is a transgression of the law. I understand that. That's more obvious. But I want you to get what he's saying when an idol has a place on the throne of your heart. He said we become estranged in our hearts before God. Estrangement is, 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 is like a marriage where one of the partners leaves the marriage to go have a sexual relationship with somebody else and they become estranged. At this point, Todd put, put a, a, a dirty jersey on. I used the letter A standing for adultery. And, and, and put it around my neck so it could be seen. So now I'm wearing like these big goofy glasses and the big letter A. You see, idolatry is really like in a marriage slipping out of, uh, out of bed with your spouse, going and having a relationship sexually with somebody else, slipping back in hoping they don't notice. That's what idolatry creates in a spiritual context for us. The reality of it is, is that We're in an intimate relationship with God. He wants intimacy with us. That's why we're called the bride of Christ. And when we engage in this, and even if it's like in my case, I I was unknown to me, it wounds and it grieves him. Think of the intimacy of a marriage when one party is estranged because they've connected to another. It grieves the heart of that spouse. It wounds their heart. The Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. We kind of can think of that more like make him angry and disgusted with me. But I want you to see it more like someone who's madly in love and their spouse cheats on them and how deeply grieved they are, how deeply wounded they are. That's the grieving that we do to the Holy Spirit. And I I believe God is saying to all of us, saying to me, 
John, where have you been? I haven't had your whole heart. I know you think this has been normal and this is something that you could justify because it was connected so deeply in your heart. But where have you been? There's so much, John, I want to give you. So much I want to show you when we have an intimacy together. That's why Psalms 24 says this, verse 3 through 5. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? or Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. My prayer today is that you let the Holy Spirit work in you like he did me. Because if the throne of your heart is clear, I don't mean you're perfect. That's not what this is about. It's about God being first. He can't be second. His name is Alpha. He is first. He is preeminent in all things. God cannot be second. We can make him second, but he cannot be second. God cannot have an intimate relationship with anyone where he is second because it is impossible for God to be second as much as it is impossible for God to lie. But the third thing Todd said would happen is spiritual deafness. He said that when you would have an idol on the throne of your heart, you're permitting God's voice to actually become muted and, and you don't hear it as well. And then he put on these noise-canceling headphones. And I did the same. And boy, you're starting to look really stupid. Big, big glasses, oversized glasses, clown glasses, basically. These headphones and a big letter A hanging off of me. Having an idol on the throne of your heart actually will cause your heart, which the Bible said we should protect diligently, to be hardened. We know that our hearts can be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. But even the weights of life that we let rest on the throne of our heart can create a hardening in our heart and a spiritual deafness. When you're wearing noise cancellation headphones, somebody can be whispering right beside you something that could be life and death important, and you won't hear it. And we know that the reason, the primary way God speaks to us is in our inward man, through that inward witness, which is that still and small voice. Well, why doesn't God just speak to us in the whirlwind? because it's intimate, and he wants to be able to speak to us in the intimacy of our fellowship and our relationship. And when the, the, the throne of my heart is divided, when God isn't first, it affects my heart. That's why in Acts 28, the scripture said, for the hearts of these people, referring to an old covenant scripture, the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes and they cannot see. And their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and permit me to heal them. I want you to listen to this. He said, without hearing his voice, we remove from God's purview the ability to actually heal our lives. So often I think we try to invoke God to, to heal us. And I think what, he, what this scripture is telling us clearly is that when we're hearing his voice, we're permitting him to do what he already, already desires to do. And if you were to have looked at me on that, or Michael Todd on those messages, you would have said, man, you guys look crazy. Those big, stupid glasses and those headphones. And in his case, he put this dirty jersey on. I had a big letter A on me. And the glasses, I have to tell you, as I wore them longer and the headphones and the letter A, I forgot I had them on. I forgot that I was looking at people with a blue tint. I was getting used to my deception. I want to say that one more time. I was getting used to my deception. 
And that's what happens in our hearts as well. So the question I wanted to ask and answer for me, and I want you to ask and answer for you, whose voice is creating the narrative for your life? Whose voice are you hearing? And lastly, Todd talked about spiritual consequences. He brought us to Hebrews 12, which talks about since we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, not God, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. See, this easily happens to us. It doesn't make you good. It doesn't make you bad. It makes you human. And then he said, when you do that, you can run with endurance the race that's set before you by looking or singularly focused on Jesus. At this point, Todd took a weighted blanket and he wrapped it around him. And I did the same. And I don't know if you've ever seen a weighted blanket, but my wife has one and she Wanted, she said one evening, we're going to bed, do you want to use this weighted blanket? And I was like, oh my gosh, no. I, 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 can't, I can't stand that stuff on me. In fact, I can barely have a sheet on me when I go to bed. In fact, in the early part of our marriage, Michelle tried to keep my feet in foot prison every night. And most men will know what I mean by that, is that she would tuck the sheets in and I would pull them out every night. And for a couple of years, she's like, every day, why do you keep doing that? I said, baby, my feet are in foot prison. They can't, I can't, they can't stay hit. They can't stay trapped. They've got to be free. And so she's gotten used to it now for over 30 years, every night. I don't know why she tucks my side in, but for 30 some years, she's tucked that side of the bed. And for 30 years, I pull it out because I can't be in foot prison. I can't have my feet weighted down at night. I won't even be able to sleep. So let me ask you this. How far do you think you would go in your race, naturally speaking, or even spiritually, if you couldn't see clearly that the glasses were on, or you, you, or you were looking to your idol for direction more than God, with the letter A or hanging off of you, not being able to hear God clearly, the headphones, and then weighted down by the, the weighted blanket? How, how, how far could you go in your, in your, in your journey? That's how many of us look today. We don't want to look that way, but we do. And I want to encourage every one of you today, you don't have to live that way. God can help you evict every idol off the throne of your heart. And the simplest thing to do to have that to happen is to repent and turn and say, Father, forgive me. And thank you for the grace to walk free and to not permit this in my heart any longer. And every day of the world, start your day Father, I keep you first on the throne of my heart. Acts 3.19 tells us to repent of our sins and turn to God, and your sins will be wiped away. Then times of refreshment come from his presence. We have to make the decision of whether we're going to spend our lives being comfortable with our idols or laying them all down, stripping off the glasses and the letter A and the headphones and the blanket. God's standing there right now, enabling you and enabling me to do it. Let me close by telling you a story. God said to Michael Todd, and, and it's one of the most profound statements that he said, is that God cannot take me out of this place until the idols get out of his place. So many areas of our life we want God to set us free from. But Todd was saying that until the idols get out of his place, we limit God from getting us out of these broken places in our life. The next morning after I had prayed after Brooke had called me. I was walking on the beach, 
meditating, just thinking about Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You know, submit your body to God as a living sacrifice and renew your mind. And I, I was starting to think of it in terms of my responsibility, and I need to do that. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit began to speak into my heart in an intimacy that I, it was fresh and it was new. And it was like, oh, it's been, I, I, it just felt like I, it had been so long since I'd heard that, that, this intimacy. And he said, son, you're, you're seeing this wrong. You're seeing it as a, as a do and a don't and a responsibility. I want you to see it as a treasure map. I want you to see that what I'm instructing you to do is not a burden, but it's a treasure map to lead you to my good and perfect and acceptable will. Don't see it as something difficult. If I gave you a treasure map to bring you to, a, to, to pounds and pounds of, of pure gold, you, you wouldn't despise it and say what you had to do. You see, hearing his voice is a treasure map. And my prayer for you and for me is that we'll evict every idol off our heart by the grace of God and his help so that we can walk these things out and be prepared to hear his voice and yield to the move of the Holy Spirit that is coming on the earth right now as you hear this. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person listening to this, whether they are in ministry or not, this is for, true for every person that, that, that knows you. And every person that is, is called by the name of Jesus, you desire to use in this coming move of, of your spirit. Lord, help us to walk this out so that we could honor you, so that we can be used by you, we could receive from you. And in watering others, we'll actually water ourselves. And I trust you for doing this for them as sovereignly and as kindly as you did for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for taking the time. I look forward to catching up with you next month. Bless you. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.